Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, just real quick before we just jump right into the episode, I just want to mention we start spewing off about uh, little monsters right at the beginning, so my intro is going to be a little different than usual. And uh, I think we think we get like a couple minutes in or so of uh, talking about little monsters, and then I kick into my uh, intro that I usually do. But I just wanted to throw that out there that. Uh, <laughs> This one's a little a little different than usual, but uh, anyways, enjoy the episode, guys. You know, a theater. Oh, are you okay? Did it coming through? Yeah, yeah. I, I just started uh, recording. I'm, I'm hoping that someday a, a revival theater will show it, and I'll be there, <laughs> and I'll be able to right. see it after all these years. First time I saw it was on a preview cassette, way back like a couple months or so before it came out. And, uh, and then after that, I hadn't seen it in years. So I was really in the dark about the movie up until maybe 2004, 2005. Seen it maybe twice. And then I didn't see it in widescreen uh, uh, until, um, I don't know, like five or six years ago. I mean, I should preface this, if anybody's listening, I should preface this by saying I was a set production assistant on Little Monsters. Were we recording there? I wasn't sure if we were recording or not. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, oh. The past minute I've been recording. Okay, this is raw. This is happening. Uh, this is the raw and uncut version. <laughs> uh, but I, I'll probably spiel into like my little intro that I, that I do for my, my episodes. Yeah, and sure. And then, uh, then we, we can dive right in. Yeah, yeah. Whatever questions you have about uh, little monsters or Ninja Turtles or whatever, um, happy to answer. Awesome, man. Can, who knows, <laughs> right? And then, uh, you know, if uh, if if I don't know if you're a big horror fan or not, but we can even talk oh, about very. some horror movies. Awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I can go deep. I'm I'm a, uh, a film critic. I had been uh, doing film criticism since the uh, mid '90s, and uh, I discovered at some point that what I really loved doing was writing about film. I mean, even more than watching movies, I was like, man, I love reading and writing about it. So um, I'm a member of the Boston Online Film Critics Association at uh, BOFCA.com. And uh, we got some great writers. Proud of that. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's very cool. I'm, I'm interested in all that kind of stuff. I like, I like hearing about uh, behind-the-scenes stuff of, of movies and whatnot. That's what yeah. I'm hearing from people over the past, really intensely over the past month since... Little Monsters came out and, and was announced that it was coming out, um, which is which is really cool because I always thought people if I ever mentioned Little Monsters or, or Ninja Turtles or other stuff, I always think like people around me, oh, I just get sick of it. I don't want to hear about that, you know, but oh. um, I've been getting direct messages and comments and um, um, surprising um things that even friends have said to me in the past week or two about the film, which, uh, is surprising. <laughs> like they didn't know that I worked on it. <laughs> and uh, really? I had, I'll tell you this funny story. Um, my girlfriend, we were, she was having dinner with a friend, Irina. And, um, I, I was walking to the coffee shop and you know how everybody's like eating out on the sidewalks now. And I was walking by and, and, uh, Oh, I was, I said to, um, and I saw them on the sidewalk and I stopped and when we started talking about movies and little monsters came up and I, 
I, you know, I, I had said that it's out on Blu-ray and people are asking me about it and all kinds of good. And I think she had said something like, well, why is anybody asking you about it? I said, well, I worked on the movie. I, I doubled for Howie Mandel on a shot. You know, I, as, I mean, as Maurice, <laughs> she was like, what the, and she showed me a picture of her friend on her phone dressed in a Maurice cosplay. I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, wow. Yep. That's that. Did did he look pretty no, good? Or... Sorry, his cosplay did it look okay? Or... Oh, she yeah. Well, uh, it was it was a girl, and oh, Maurice okay. is one of her favorite characters. Um, so I was told, and she looked pretty amazing to me. You know, wow. But I never wore makeup. I, I wore a rubber mask in the in the times that I uh, stood in for for Howie as Maurice. Even in the one shot that I that I did double from Maurice that's it's in the film which is a it's a um it's a long distance shot of running across the bridge in the background so even Maurice in that shot is very you know in the shadows dark you can't there's no way you can tell it was somebody else but I'm I, I that was only a, that only came about because I was um uh as set production assistant I um I shared duties with uh, uh my colleague Penny Pridemore and Penny was more in charge of like getting Fred and Howie uh, from place to place and on time and stuff like that. And sometimes I would, but mostly I was in charge of the, um, the stand-ins and there was a time when, um, uh, how he stand in, uh, Bill Roberts wasn't available and it was just weird. Uh, cause I had brought the, uh, other actors to the set, uh, and stand in and, uh, they asked me to put on the jacket and put on the, um, uh, rubber mask and uh, and it just happened. I'm standing up there on the on the bridge, doing the lighting and the run through, and uh, it was just a matter of they needed somebody. I happened to be there. I happened to fit the wardrobe, and that was that. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. That was just one day out of a long time working on the movie, and you know, it happened. <laughs> right. Hey, that's that's still really cool. Yeah, I, I rarely had told people about that. It was very, um, I didn't uh, really wow. think much of it other than I was doing my job. You know, I'm just low man on the totem pole. I'm there to do what people tell me to do. Awesome. Man, that's, that's very Maurice, cool. Be Steve. We're, we're not even asking you. We're, tell- <laughs> we're not even asking you if you have a question. We're, we're, we're telling you, do this. <laughs> it was late, too. I think there was very limited time within which to get the shot because it was an optical shot at uh, the cement factory in Castle Hain, and they had miniatures in the foreground um, that they had been setting up, and you only have the kids for a limited amount of time. So right. was, uh, that's what happened. Wow, man, this is, this is very cool. And uh, it's very, very cool to have you on here. I didn't, I didn't really do an intro quite yet, but... Uh, yeah, no problem. Sorry, I'm uh, uh, just going. I'm just winging it. No, I man, this, this is awesome. That. <laughs> I might, I might just uh, uh, throw an audible, and uh, I'll, I'll do my intro late into the episode. Okay, <laughs> and just kind of, you know, fade in our conversation from before. Okay. Uh, otherwise, uh, I'll just, I'll do my little intro here, and uh, we can, we can carry on. Sure, sure. Hello, everybody. You're listening and watching the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm Marcus Rude, and today I'm here with production assistant, actor. Uh, camera and electrician uh, department crew member, Mr. Steve Head. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. Marcus, thanks for having me. 
Hey, no problem. It's unusual doing a video thing, but cool. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, if, if you're not comfortable with video, I mean, I can always just use just the audio. It's no big deal. Okay. <laughs> sure. I'm fine. But, okay. Um, yeah, so uh, earlier we were talking about uh, mm. your work on Little Monsters. And uh, maybe, maybe uh, we could back up a little bit before Little Monsters. And uh, I'll ask you, um, how did you get involved into like the the film business and and how how did this all start for you well i mean i'd I'd always been interested in film i mean i think like probably every crew member would probably say that you'd you'd, and i did it for uh for six years and i met a lot of people and and you know they they are i think like basically like really great cinephiles a lot of them we had great movie conversations but this was the first professional film that i that i worked on and um, it was a matter of being really diligent about getting the job. I, Little Monsters filmed in Wilmington. I'm not from North Carolina. I was, uh, I'm from Chicago, but I was living in Boston at the time. So um, it was kind of a risk. But, you know, I was, I was right out of college and I was looking for work. And um, I think it was, it was Liz Ryan, who was the second assistant on Ninja Turtles at the time, it was either her or the production manager. I had spoken with a couple of people and um, I got an interview. And even though I was really far away in Boston, I didn't care. I was like, I was in this position in life where I'm going to go down. Uh, I'm going to do the interview. I'm going to take the risk. And it seemed pretty done to me because I, I was like, I'm going to do this. You know, this, this is what's this is what in my mind like this is my mission i'm working on this movie this is this is what's going on and uh i think what happened was is um they uh when i got to the studio um you know after finding a place in uh, wilmington i um a hotel <laughs> uh i went right to the set and i think i met with the uh production manager and liz on set and they were in a, in the middle of filming. This was one week after they had started production. Um, I mean, I, I had tried, you know, it had been a little time before I got down there. So they'd been shooting for like eight or 10 days before I, before I got there. And, um, you know, I was just really psyched to talk to them. I said, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. You know, I can main thing about being a production assistant is never be late. Always be on time. Just do what people need you to do. And, um, it worked, you know, and then uh, a week later, I mean, I, I was th- I think I did the first week as an intern. And I, I remember uh, uh, talking with Fred and one of the other production assistants, Fred Savage. And he says, what's an intern? And I remember thinking, well, I don't get paid, <laughs> you know, and uh, so it is what it is. Right. Um, yeah. But but a week a week a week later, um, I started getting paid, which is pretty cool. I mean, I was on full time anyway, but uh, I was um, uh, put on the payroll uh, about a week later, I guess. So I was very happy about that. You know, it was. Uh, so you know, I'm, I'm sure other other crew travel. You know, to go work on certain productions, and this is what happened. It was what was happening at the studio, and just went for it. You know. Nice. And they, they, you know, I'm grateful to, um, 
Little Monsters and uh, the production and, and Jeff Mueller, the producer, who's a really nice guy, and Andy Licht, who was a super nice guy throughout the whole thing. And they they probably wouldn't remember me because it's my job not to talk. <laughs> you know, I'm just there to do what I'm told to do. And uh, so I'm really, they were, they were really nice. And I'm just, you know, like still to the day grateful for like that first opportunity where you get that. Yes. You know, I remember, I remember saying to Liz, you know, like, you know, one of the great things about working on a movie is like, you get to tell other people you're working on a movie, you know, I just thought it was so cool. Those first couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah well you know in, in the, uh, it, a big gets, movie like that it was too. a super commitment <laughs> right yeah. yeah you know just being able to say that you're working on a movie and not just not just any indie movie or anything like a big production movie well yeah i mean i don't know if we thought about it like that at the time i mean i i did think you know it was vestron uh i did know that you know it was kind of lower budget and and it, and it seemed like, you know, there were there were other choices I think I could have made about, you know, maybe uh, a production in Kentucky or Chicago. And it just, just seemed like the right thing for me. Plus, North Carolina was the perfect state for me to do this because it's a right to work state. I didn't have to be in a union. And not that you have to be in a union to be in the productionist uh, assistant. But if you choose any other, um, you know, department on films, those, those are... You know, those are union-run scenarios in different states, and and North Carolina offered the freedom to like, if you make the commitment to go there, you can work. If you're lucky, you can work on a movie, and you can decide what you wanted to do, which is what I did, and and then, uh, you know, try to go into different areas uh, of the production. Which something I learned was, looking back on it, was, you know, different crew members try different things. You know. And I mean, the script supervisor on this film might be wardrobe on the next and uh, camera person on this film might be production assistant on the, you know, it's different stuff. Hmm. So, you know, I didn't think, I, I think at the time I thought like, oh, everybody's locked into this. <laughs> that's, that's not the case. You know? hmm. yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, you know, just, just to hear like what, uh, you know, because I wasn't really aware of like what a production assistant was. You know, mm. there's there's a lot of you know I I see credits all the time. Yeah, and I always wonder like what some you know, uh, well you know there's there's different. Stuff. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm talking over you. Uh, sorry about okay. that. Go ahead. Well, well, I was just uh, saying, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, like you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, you know. In, in the credits, you know, there's a lot of people that work on the movie, mm-hmm. and there's there's a lot of job titles that, yeah, you know, I I, I don't even know what they <laughs> would do. It's funny. I think if you look at the credits as uh, on Little Monsters, compared to the credits today, where they're just like gargantuan number of people, I'm I'm, I'm surprised. But you know, back then, thirty years ago, those credits were like. You know, I, I, th- I think there was a time while making the movie, I was like, I wasn't thinking that I was going to get like screen credit or something. I was just going to or what what you had to do to get screen credit. I was just going to commit and do what I had to do and then let it go. So when I I didn't know that I had uh, uh, my name wasn't in the credits until I saw the film, <laughs> you know, nice. which was nice. But I will say this as far as being a production assistant, what we do um, or what I what 
I did as a production assistant. It's basically managing getting everybody through what they need to do and then onto the set on time. So we're like the eyes and ears of the assistant directors. So on Little Monsters, it was me and uh, Penny Pridewar. And Penny, as I said, was more in charge of Fred and Howie. And uh, I was uh, second team, which was the uh, the, um, uh, stand-ins. Uh, or, uh, you know, the, all the, you know, the kids, it was, we had a lot of kids to manage in the cement factory. It was a lot of stuff. And, uh, so it was a matter of, um, informing, uh, Randall and who's the first assistant director and Harry Bring, who was second, you know, where they'll tell us what they need. We'll tell them where everybody is, how long it's going to take to get there. Are they on their way? It's, it's, it's a lot of, uh, being out in the field and manage it's your set production assistant. You're, you're getting people to the set and then you're sort of the, uh, the extra eyes and ears for, uh, the director assistant directors when you're on the set, you know, positioning people, uh, we, mm-hmm. um, direct atmosphere, uh, cue the, uh, cue the background actors or in some cases, um, the main actors or, uh, supporting actors, you know, uh, making sure they hit their marks or get from one place to the other and making sure that like key for a, uh, a background perform- performer being a PA is give your, um, give your atmosphere actors direction, make sure nobody's doing something aimless and mm-hmm. uh, have an objective. And it was a lot of, um, th- there was a lot to manage on little monsters. Cause we, we did the underworld in the cement factory for more than a month and, most days it was a lot of kids and, uh, you know, lots of different places inside the cement factory. So we had to, you know, there were, there were certain logistics and organizational stuff that we had to, to manage, but I love the challenge and I love the excitement of being on set and doing that. You know. Right. Yeah. And it looked like, uh, that set would have been a lot of fun to be on for like the yeah. underworld. Site yeah, it really, it really was. I mean, um, I've had asked, I've had people ask me, um, I don't ask, you know, is that, uh, real is did you guys really build that? And it was built. I mean, there's, there's some process shots where I think they've added extra stairs and then there's the miniatures, uh, that guy Ramston and his crew did, which were amazing. But a lot of that stuff was just straight up built, no CGI. Wow. So there really were, uh, stairs and walkways and bridge type things and landings. And, um, uh, wow. so when we are when you're on the set with the kids there, a lot of it was like, make sure nobody runs off or gets hurt. And, you know, uh, right. Cause kids will be kids on things. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty cool. You know, you, um, we had to be in certain places, uh, doing, uh, you know, giving cues and things. I mean, when I look at the film, I think like, oh, my God, I'm hiding behind that pinball machine. Oh, my <laughs> God, I'm hiding behind that tower. You know, I got to make sure this person walks up these stairs or comes down here. So cool. Wow. Yeah, it was Very fun. Cool. And, you know, and, they, and the kids really, I mean, you're as a kid, I can only imagine it was like all, all the all the special effects, makeup and the costumes and the, and the underworld stuff it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, like I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty big advocate on here about uh, practical effects over CGI. Mm. And I don't know if it's just, you know, the generation I grew up in. I mean, I I grew up like, uh, you know, the cinema going towards more CGI. Mm-hmm. But 
I I always tend to to like the older movies, uh, you know, yeah. mostly like the eighties, nineties, where I I just love like the practical effects style. It just it I, seems I hate to burst your bubble, Marcus, but I think there's a couple of scenes in Little Monsters that might have benefited from CGI. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but but they did they did a, like their best and it's it has a charm i think even though you know there's some very strange questionable stuff in the movie it's uh i think it's pretty likable and charming in most right. cases you know there's still some stuff i'm like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> i remember watching it i think it was like the second time i watched it on video i was over at my friend's uh apartment and he's like i think Snick's hairpiece is moving, and I'm like, eh, "What you gonna do?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it was so much that was cut out too. You know, we filmed certain things that just weren't in the movie, and I didn't really give it much thought until uh, watching it again. Uh, yeah, just stuff that didn't make the film. Strangely enough, which wow. I think really, really helped. Um, we had a scene uh, where we filmed three monsters coming into the dining room with flamethrowers and the center mark monster takes a flamethrower and just um just scorches the table just burns the place uh this was after a scene where if you recall the film where um in the film um maurice and brian are going through the dining room and mm-hmm. i think it ends with maurice putting the uh the cake in his jacket well that mm-hmm. scene that scene actually um was part of the scene it, it extended further into um uh, uh the the line was something like uh well what do you, do? you guys don't you even clean up what do you guys do and maurice says something to the effect i'm fair saying you know we're monsters we don't clean up and as they're leaving they're passed by the three uh sort of like military sort of flamethrower monsters and then the the middle monster takes the flamethrower to the table and whoosh, all on fire. So we oh. shot that for like a half a day, maybe more. And it was pretty big because it was like most of the crew wanted to see the uh, the flamethrower scene. And uh, we had a fire engine come out to the cement factory that day, and uh, we all kind of watched from far away. The kids did. The kids didn't. The kids were in there like holy Mary. We did a separate shot with the kids uh, and the flamethrowers approaching. But I remember that on the call sheet. We had three flamethrowers. And Gary, the special effects guy, uh, operated the the flamethrower. And I remember when Will we 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 finished the shot and Will's walking back uh to the trailer and he says to me, This is this is why I, this is what I live for. This is why I do what I do. You know, you get to show up and you know, douse the place <laughs> with a flamethrower. <laughs> so awesome when Howie shows up in the movie with um, you know, the flamethrower it's on snick's staircase it's it had been established earlier it wasn't a surprise hmm. yeah uh was was there some other scenes that were cut from the movie that you thought were yeah. important? uh yeah another large scene or i thought was significant was the the storeroom scene uh so this is a place within the monster underworld where all the things that the kids steal are kept on shelves. So it's loaded with um, toys and stuffed animals and uh, goldfish, uh, bicycles. There was was like a whole shelf full of bicycles that were hanging up way up high. And the monster named Munchie was was this monster 
played by a local kid who managed the storeroom. And what he did, what they did was we had this um, bicycle that was, I think of it as a unicycle, but I think it was a bicycle that had a really long neck and it was like eight or 10 feet high. And Munchie rode on top of this going back and forth filing stuff. And there were like, you know, like regular stacks of magazines, just all kinds of toys and stuff. And Mm -hmm. so, um, hadn't, I was surprised that it wasn't in the movie, but if you look in the extra features and the onset footage, there's the day that we had, um, the day that we had one of the video crews doing EPK stuff come to the set was the day that we were filming in the storeroom and at the assignment room desk. And in the storeroom stuff is like, you can see that footage. It's on the, uh, it's on the Blu-ray now. Not, not all of it because you don't actually see the character Munchie, but what you see is Maurice looking up and talking to him because he's way up high on the, on the bike. And the bike I thought was really cool because it was all silver and they had it covered in sort of this like metag metallic aluminum. It was very reflective and, uh, maybe it was hard to film. Maybe, um, maybe just some of the, it might've been, it might've been a pacing thing. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the only, I, I can, only the producers and maybe Patrick McMahon, the editor would know why that was deleted. I'm surprised it wasn't there. And then the, um, in boys room at the end, there was the, uh, karate monsters, each kid, um, sort of had a test. They go down each aisle in order to get towards boy. And, uh, when they do, they face off with, uh, one of these karate kid monsters, which was hmm. pretty cool. These kids had some crazy skills and it's not, you only see them briefly only in the movie uh, when they pop out of the Jack in the boxes at, on boys at boys side, but they actually do fight. Uh, yeah. And, uh, that was not included. Oh, wow. I wonder if it's just like time constraint sort of things. I, I don't know. I, I, it's so funny that, that only all these years later had, did I watch the film and think, wow, that's not there. Just not there. We also had another scene with um, another test to be able to get to boy was um, I think before Brian and the kids even faced off with the uh, karate kid monsters. There was, um, there was an evil clown that jumped up from a trap door like a evil clown puppet thing. And it was played by, uh, uh, Robert short. And, uh, mm. that's not in the movie. Strangely. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, sounds pretty you, you film all this stuff and you think it's going to be there, but yeah. Pacing. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I just laid like a bunch a, of stuff on you there. Sorry. I'm no, no, that's, that's what this show's crowd. all about, man. Stint. <laughs> I, I, I love hearing about, uh, just you know things that I didn't know about little monsters. So this is this is awesome. Yeah, happy to help <laughs> for sure. So uh, uh, little monsters just got a new Blu-ray release by uh, Vestron. Mm-hmm. Um, did anybody ever try contacting you about uh, putting something no, together just, on there? Uh, no, I, I didn't know about it until it was announced uh, beforehand. I mean, I think I think it would have been great, and I, I'd imagine that uh, if they had, but. I'd imagined um, maybe someday they'd come out with a Blu-ray, or, or maybe I should have uh, mentioned it, mentioned it to a Blu-ray distributor or something. I, you know, I didn't know who uh, that Little Monsters was owned by uh, Lionsgate. Um, I, I mean, you know, it would have been great, but I, I'm, you know, cool anyway. You know, I'm just I'm glad that uh-huh. it's uh, 
on Blu-ray and it was, it's great to see the behind the scenes footage stuff. And that really brings a lot back to me, you know, uh, seeing everybody on set, my friends, um, Joe D'Alessandro, the second, first assistant, um, cameraman is, uh, pretty well seen in the onset footage. And I thought that was great. I haven't, you know, I was, um, hadn't been in touch with Joe in like years and, you know, maybe for, uh, like a year or so after little monsters we'd kept in touch, but not since then. And it was great to see Dick Bush, the, uh, cinematographer. He was a super nice guy. He, um, didn't use a, uh, camera operator. He shot the, he shot, you know, framed it himself. Um, we didn't use video assist on the movie. I mean, even though it was available at the time or just sort of maybe less commonly used. I mean, we used it on Ninja Turtles, but, um, yeah, Dick, did the uh lighting and shooting on it uh jack brandis jack brandis was the gaffer and uh i learned a lot by watching those guys work especially the the types of lights and the gels that they used um recently um i shared some photos on instagram and um uh jack brandis's son um darwin uh was actually the kid in a couple uh, as a monster in a couple shots and he'd uh we been in touch. So that was, that was cool. There, I mean, I had, I, there's the brief video. Um, you know, you can see in, in the onset video, you know, some of the, like for me, I think, Oh, you know, some of my friends and I, I just wish I knew what we were talking about. <laughs> I can't really hear what's being said, but you know, Hey, moments lost in time see that, uh, you know, after all these years, you know, I mean, ideally, I, I think what we're all trying to do is like, you know, they're framing the shot. We're telling the monsters where to go telling you know the kids what to do and um yeah it was fun it was okay it was hard work you know, 16 hours a day six days a week and had to be at the cement factory super early which was crazy so but yeah, sounds you know, rough. i'm sure it's something i'm forgetting to say but yeah it was it was a crazy amount of work oh the part i'm forgetting to say is <laughs> i got to a point where every day like it was it it, it was it was a lot of responsibility and and Harry Bring and Randall Badger and Penny probably put up with me because there were times I'm sure I was just complete fucking idiot. But um, you know we got it done. And uh, man, there were times when I wake up in the morning and the first word out of my mouth was like, "Shit, fuck, I got to get on this. Got to get out there." You know, because a lot of people depend on you. So, um, right. yeah, it was it was a responsibility. <laughs> yeah, oh. Well. No question, man. I think I've had I, too much I coffee. Totally I talked too much. <laughs> uh, dude, totally fine, man. I, uh, I, I got some, I got plenty of time. So there are, you know, there, there would be some things that fans have asked me about certain characters. I, I'm posting a lot to, uh, Instagram at Instagram.com slash cinema nitrate and hopefully, uh, answering certain questions there. So, you know, whichever. Right on, right on. Uh, do, do you, keep in contact with uh with some of the other actors like you know per se <laughs> yeah, uh, Howie, laughing. Fred. well the thing is is that i i've discovered that you know i'd worked on a number of films over over the six years and uh once it's over it's really it's just like a whole different world because you commit yourself to the movie and then it's over and uh everybody goes you know their separate ways you know and i mean i kept in touch with some people afterwards and but most people it was like i have not 
spoken with Fred since like the last day, since, uh, you know, he's waiting there at the studio for his mom to come and pick him up, take him back to the hotel. And, uh, you know, or Howie or, uh, any of the other crew pretty much, you know, I, uh, you know, the, the, you know, I mean, I had friends in, uh, Wilmington that I, you know, had worked with and, uh, you know, we'd kept in touch a little, but not in years. Really not since the movie. I hate to say it's kind of embarrassing because, you know, like I, I moved on like to another movie and then you get all consumed with that. And then you get all consumed with your next movie and, uh, you're so little time, you know, I mean, you're literally putting your life on hold. Sounds crazy, but it's true. You know, yeah. not much else going on when you're making the movie except making the movie. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, yeah it, it, you know, it looks like you, you've uh, worked on quite a quite a bit of other movies. So, I mean, I, I can just only imagine you just kept busy and just, you know, just had other things uh, going on. So, of course, yeah, you're probably going to pretty lucky. contact with some people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of it was about, like, you know, looking in the trade, see what opportunities were available at the time. So I, I did some work on the Jessica Lang movie, The Music Box. Uh, got some work on the HUD Sucker Proxy, Rookie of the Year. Uh, there's certain movies like Little Monsters. I did, you know, the the principal photography on that. And then also uh, uh, Ninja Turtles Secret of the Use, which was, pr- you know, for a second unit, we were pretty spot on with like uh, time-wise in, in, you know, paralleling the first unit because there was just so much stunts on the movie and, you know, that was, that was a pretty long time, I think, filming wise. I think that was like in 1990 going from like August until maybe earlier, was it July until November? Uh, I could be wrong, but it, it just, that was a, that was a long shoot, you know, cause those stunts, you know, we do a couple shots a day, it seemed like, and they, you know, it was a lot slower than the first unit doing, than I think, I assume, you know, I'm still learning, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, that was a long time <laughs> right. on that one. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was a um, uh, fascinating opportunity to get to learn on uh, Ninja Turtles 2. I'm, I'm credited as a camera apprentice on the second unit. And uh, Chip Hackler, the second assistant, put up with me. <laughs> the second, the second unit guys put up with me. <laughs> uh, John Cranhouse and uh, um, uh, Jeff Moore was the uh, camera operator. Haven't you know spoken with those guys? I think like since we filmed, or maybe just after. But I really um, admired those guys. I really digged it. You know, um, that was a learning experience. Really cool. Cameras, cameras are really cool, uh, department on film, man. If you're in on the camera crew, that's camera. If you're in on the camera crew, that's, you know, a plus to you. That's, that's some cool shit, I think. And I love doing it. You know, uh, I think it was, it wasn't my first, um, stint on camera crew. I'd done, um, uh, I'd done a TV movie called the lookalike which sort of led to getting work on Ninja Turtles. Uh, very few people have seen the lookalike. It stars Melissa Gilbert. It was a USA TV movie. We filmed for a month in uh, High Point and or maybe near mm. Charlotte. I remember there's like a mall around there, but mostly High Point, North Carolina. And, you know, psycho thriller. I thought it was pretty cool. It was, you know, it was neat to um, 
see how everything works, hang out with Melissa Gilbert, talk Little House on the Prairie, you know. Mm-hmm. And we had some really cool exterior shots in that movie. <laughs> I thought, like, we did this car accident on a bridge, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool, you know. And nice. after that, uh, was it before that, I did uh, Betsy's Wedding. They did reshoots for Betsy's Wedding, and um, that was like a week or two. But to me, it was cool because I got hired by Kelvin Pike and Kelvin was Stanley Kubrick's camera operator. So I'm sure I bugged the shit out of him, you know? Oh, holy crap. Uh, Super. Oh, super nice guy. Super nice guy. We went to Hooters. (laughs) I remember when I got the job and uh, uh, Kelvin um, in the office, he walked over me and uh, because I was going to be, you know, an assistant. Right. So he walked over to me and lifted up my shirt and said, this is where all the whip marks are going to (laughs) be. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, very, really funny guy. The the first scene, the first shot I ever slated actually was on that movie. I'll never forget it. It was, um, uh, as I think most camera assistants would, like if maybe remember the first time they get on on the stage and use the uh, uh, the clapper in front of the camera. And for me, it was right in front of Joe Pesci's face, and I said to him. um, Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna really have to put this close to your nose and slap down on it. And he's like, "Cool, no problem. Go for it." Yeah. Wow. This guy Joe Pesci. I think he was a nice That's guy. He's a nice guy. The couple weeks on uh, uh, Betsy's wedding. Funny. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, gotta That's love right. Joe Pesci. Yeah. Uh, did uh. Did you work on a home alone at all with him or no? Um, well, strangely, you mentioned that I interviewed for a job on home alone. In fact, um, I remember going to the, uh, I didn't get it. I remember going to the school in uh, the suburbs, North of Chicago. And I think it was in Glencoe. I forget, but they had built the, um, in the gymnasium, they had built the stages. And then I think, then they built another, uh, the basement set in the, in the school swimming pool. Uh, which which was for a flooding scene, which I thought was oh. kind of genius. You know, they've got the pool. They built the set within the pool. They can control the water level. It's kind oh, of right. Uh, but I, I remember going into the classrooms and um, and I interviewed and I, 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 you know, I tried, I tried, but, uh, you know, and, and in, you know, Chicago being a union situation, I, I think I was interviewing for a production assistant or anything. I couldn't do camera work on it. But, uh, nah, I didn't get it. But, uh, um, but, um, Will, I forget his last name, who worked on Little Monsters, uh, special effects, um, had also, uh, was also interviewing or was, was there that day working on Home Alone. So I remember seeing him there very quickly. Weird, small world. You know, you think, hey, small world film community. Right. Well, I just, I, I kind of, I kind of tied in Home Alone with like Daniel Stern. You know, he worked with him yeah. on Little Monsters and then, you know, uh, rookie of the year, Pesci. yeah. It rookie of the year, yeah. Um, I did a couple of weeks on rookie of the year as a uh, Montreal Expo, of all things, and uh, and then I was also in the uh, stands working with the production assistants on the um, and then the movie as a as a spectator. Uh, they were moving us around uh, the bleachers in some of those scenes. It was really cold in November, but um, mm. most of the time I was. Uh, uh, on the field or in the dugout as a Montreal Expo for that one, which was really cool. Nice. And you got to see him, uh, 
Got to see him uh, do some pretty cool stuff. Got to see Pedro Guerrero and Bobby Bonds uh, take some batting practice, you know, take some swings at Wrigley Field. Interesting, though, uh, they didn't actually, They, I mean, uh, what am I trying to say here? They um, they didn't, those scenes in the movie where, um, in Rookie of the Year, where uh, Bobby Bonds and uh, Pedro Guerrero and I think another player I'm not remembering, those were filmed at Wrigley Field. They put in fake backdrops. So, you know, it looks like it's somewhere else, but it's not. The other thing that kind of surprised me about the movie was when we filmed the uh, scene where Henry Rowengartner throws the ball, the way it was set up is they actually used a, they had a couple of guys in center field with a giant slingshot. This was a giant, like rubber band type contraption that they had hooked up what? way out in the middle of center field and they pulled it back and they let the ball fly and it wasn't working. And then Daniel Stern wasn't very happy about it. Uh, and they tried many times to get that slingshot thing working. They sort of, they sort of had to orchestrate it with like, I think the kid in the foreground throwing his arm and then the ball being slingshot from behind him, you know, over his shoulder. Um, but it didn't work, uh, ultimately. And I think what ends up in the film is an animation, but it was a practical uh, effect to begin with. Yeah. yeah. It's like in little monster. Yeah. Uh, uh, there isn't any CGI, but it's, you know, it's like animation fireworks stuff. Animation right. ball and rookie of the year. <laughs> were, they, were they ever worried about uh, hitting the kid? No, no, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> the kids were cool, you know. But again, no, just, like, I'm on. It's my job to shut up and just do what I'm told. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. I just I, I I asked just because you know you're explaining that they threw the ball or like would slingshot the ball over his yeah. shoulders, mm-hmm. but that was all like pretty safe wise or. Oh yeah. Yeah, there was not a problem with it, like hitting them or something like that. It was just close. They just wanted to get it orchestrated, <laughs> oriented in the frame where you, you know, you see his hand coming up in the frame with the ball and, and then have him to throw forward and somehow get it with the actual ball being shot towards home oh, plate. I got you. With his hand in the same shot. So, you know, so the entire thing is practical in camera, but uh, it didn't work, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Literally, right. you know, I <laughs> amusing, amusingly enough, I really didn't know this until uh, a fan of the film pointed it out to me. I was like, what? They didn't do it practical? <laughs> I went back and looked at it. Oh, it's animation. So, wow. Of the very did, few things. Did you uh, end up uh, ever? The year. I'm sorry. I was say, did, did you ever work with uh, Mr. Rocket? Mr. Gary Busey? No, no. But I'll tell you this. We did some scenes where we had the crowd. Uh, we had a really large crowd. I don't know if it was, uh, no, it was just a really large crowd day and they had done some promotion that day to get a lot of people to show up and, uh, they had water bottles and stuff. I still have like a rookie of the year water, water bottle in the other room. And, uh, Gary Busey got out on the mound and he gave a speech and I remember him saying, you know, we need to have you guys be rowdy. We're going to make this a lethal weapon moment moment. I remember that he said make this a lethal weapon moment. You got to, you know, be loud, be rowdy. And, uh, <laughs> yep. Wow. It, 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 you know, get him out there to rile the crowd up. And he did. Yeah, for sure. Hey man, back then, uh, he, he was, he was somewhat sane back then from yeah. his, his I'll tell you sound standpoint. The coolest part about working on rookie of the year on the days that I was there were, um, was being on the field, being on Wrigley Field, getting to stand on second base, 
getting to take a grounder and throw it to first. Getting hell, getting to stand on first base was like to me. I'm a Cubs fan. This was magic, you know. And hanging out in the visitors' dugout, and our dressing room was the visitors' locker room. So you got to go. We got to go like into the uh, tunnel, you know, from the locker room to the to the dugout, which was cool. I had never. I mean, who gets to see that? It was it was very lucky. Um, there were sometimes right. Uh, yeah, that's I awesome, the, man. Yeah, walking from wardrobe, uh, picking up the wardrobe or walking back, um, had to go to the trailers. And then I remember walking through the hallway in Wrigley Field and all the kids coming in. And I'm like, oh, God. And they think I'm like a baseball player. <laughs> you know, I'm just pretending <laughs> to be one. <laughs> Trying to get your autograph or something. Oh, man, that was, that was really cool. You know, just baseball players, you know, just so admired, you know. Oh, but for sure. it was just a, just a great experience really was and having some of my friends come to the set and, and watch the filming was cool too yeah yeah i'll say you know that was one of my uh childhood favorites you know i always watched that whenever that was on tv when i was younger mm. and you know same with like uh uh teenage mutant turtles loved teenage mutant turtles the original mm. three trilogy yeah. uh big fan of those so uh yeah i can't abide yeah. the cgi in the new ones i mean i i'm all about the uh the way we filmed it practically which was super cool you know and the, and the the stunt guys were just so talented you know it's just <laughs> me i'm just glad to be there and uh and and help uh you know with the production a lot a lot of what i did as a camera present uh apprentice was i had to um uh, I had, I had to keep track of all the, you know, the lenses that we used, the, uh, um, uh, the, 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 uh, well, it was the, even, even the height of the camera, the lenses, uh, the marks, uh, the, the, I think the type of lights, but most of the, you know, it was most, mostly the camera stuff that I, that I had to jot down and book cause we were replicating shots from the first unit. So I'd have to measure how far the camera actually was from the floor. Um, and what type of lens and what type of filter and keep all track of that. So it was cool. And, you know, and when Chip wasn't doing, uh, when, whenever we had a B camera on second unit, I was working the B camera as the second assistant. So it was cool, you know, working the slates and everybody putting up with me, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, do you, like, recall any of the scenes that you shot? Like, did they, any of those make it in the final movie or is it one? Uh, TV well, I've said tell. this before. One thing that we did shoot was a trailer, for, a teaser trailer for Ninja Turtles where the, one of the uh, canisters flips through the air and shredders hand reaches up and catches it. I've never mm -hmm. seen filmed it. We spent time doing it, flipping it through the air. We had the uh, Henson guy come in with the hand and reaching up and catching it, but I've never seen it. Don't know what happened to it. Um, there was a, uh, a memorable and unfortunate day was when we were filming the scene with the stunt turtles in the net and the cable broke and that was just awful. Uh, I was, um, God, was, that was on stage seven, I think. And, uh, they were in the middle of the uh, junkyard and the cable went up. It wasn't super high. Maybe it was like five or six feet up. I mean, it's pretty high anyway, taking a fall. But I just felt so bad when it was shocking. The cable snapped. Terry Leonard, the second the uh, second unit director, who I greatly admire. I just I loved working with Terry. Terry Leonard was like the dude. 
awesome to work for. Um, he immediately uh, jumped up and spread out his arm and says, don't anybody move. Don't anybody move. And we just froze. And uh, Terry uh, took control of the situation from there. You know, they, they uh, carefully moved the guys out of the net and uh, ambulance got there pretty quickly. I remember looking back to seeing and seeing John Cranhouse, who was on a B camera. I was just frozen. Like we couldn't believe it. You know, get hurt. Ultimately, it wasn't uh, a major injury thing. I think, well, one of the turtles, I think, did break their ankle. So it was just, uh, you know, and we, you know, oh man, yeah. Um, so you know, that's it's very, it's hard to, you can't put that out of your mind, seeing uh, those guys fall like that. But um, you know, that some of the stunts in the film were just like really, you know, they were really dangerous. They had these air rams that the stunt that we had a. Um, one, one shot in the, uh, uh, construction site was done with a stunt guy where we, um, planted an air ram on the ground, covered up in the sand, like literally do not ever step on one of these things. Very dangerous. As I was told many times. And the shot was, we, we shoot this guy through the air. You see it in the movie and he hits the door and the door falls in. That wasn't one of the uh, regular stunt turtles. They brought another guy in who specialized in that kind of like uh, uh, that kind of stuff. And um, I think he had a cable on his back, but they sh- we shot it with him. Uh, no CGI. He took the jump and it catapulted through the air, which was super cool to see. And then uh, did another angle of it where the turtle landed on his back against the door, I guess. So, uh, and then... I think there was another uh, another dangerous day was um, when we were shooting the um, vanilla ice scene at the club, which was really cool because that was like a week or so where both units were on the same stage at the same time, and we had a lot of extras. It was, I, I just, you know, it was very memorable, really cool. And uh, there's that scene where I think one of the speakers explodes. So we had a lot of wires and and stuff and rigging and stuff on the stage. It was kind of dangerous and that's one of those days where i'm told do not step on a wire watch your step and and a lot about working on you know uh ninja turtles was like being super careful not to step on stuff i remember when we were working on the dock scenes and uh some of the stuff that's in the what's on the second level of the dock was really uh was really thin wood it was like like balsa wood type it easily easily uh broken through which super strider does and um, I put my foot through it. I, one of the one of the crew guys, uh, I was I was walking around to try to get to one of the one of the cameras back there, and my foot went right through. And one of the guys caught me. It was just, you know, gotta be careful. It's crazy. Yeah. Holy crap, man! <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, was young and stupid, and I I just you know can't be can't be cavalier about stuff. It's one of the things you learn. And, uh, and working on a movie really helped me. I, I have ADD, but teamwork and, and concentrating on stuff was like, uh, one of the main things and, you know, just being hyper-focused on getting certain things done. You learn the hard way, you know, <laughs> I right, did, right. I did. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, Marcus, sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. I'm, I'm just listening. Um, speaking of like super shredder, uh, yeah. Played by Kevin Nash. Uh, what, what was it like? Did you ever meet him? 
like talk to him or was no, like, I mean, we're all sort of doing our thing. And I, I remember him preparing as he, as he came to the, to the set. Um, it was towards the end of the shoot, obviously, cause we did shoot those, um, those, uh, doc scenes last. And I didn't know who he was at the time. I was told he was like a professional wrestler or something like that. And I think I first saw him, um, as they were bringing him onto the stage and he had a pretty large chair. He would sit in the guy was huge, really nice guy. Uh, but you know, I did, I, it's not my job to talk with the actors. Um, I, you know, just got to do my camera stuff, but, um, yeah, uh, it was, uh, interesting seeing him prepare and, uh, the shots went off as far as I know, without a hitch, we, we had, uh, I think we did a really cool shot on the, in the on the lower level of the dock where he's like banging through the stuff on the top. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it was like so the like super shredder stuff. Yeah. yeah, they were second unit shots. Um, except of course, the, the first unit stuff is mostly when you have the turtles with the animatronic heads, and and the actors, and then you know which which when you have one of the main turtles on the set, it's really a, it's kind of a larger deal because you have their attending uh, puppeteers, the uh, telemetry guys, puppeteers, um, but. With Super Shredder, it really wasn't that. It was just, you know, it's the practical uh, costume. And, uh, yeah, the, I can't recall any real problem there. It all went off as a, you know, pretty, pretty well. I do remember um, uh, when we filmed the dock caving in, that was pretty cool. Uh, we had multiple cameras on that. And uh, I'm one of the guys shaking the camera. I remember John oh, nice. telling me, yeah, I get nervous when I have to come to the to the to actually uh participate in the actual shot uh i did <laughs> and uh john said steve make it a, make a very high velocity shake and so i'm i'm shaking <laughs> one of the b cameras which is uh you know one of the distant cameras over the water that was what you know it was they, they had filled the place up with like um maybe half a foot or maybe a foot of water and they had some cool miniatures that you could never really see with the the city translate and then they had the you know the miniature cars it was really cool. cool Man, stuff. that's so cool. Yeah, I wish uh, you can't really get to see that, but you know, then again, the closer you get, the less realistic it looks. So, you know, but a lot yeah. of this, this is out of focus <laughs> background. But man, they made it work. Right. Translates are cool. Heck yeah, man. That's so cool. <laughs> I know I keep like, saying that. Like on every movie back then, how to translate. <laughs> and they still do. Right. Um, did uh, did anybody ever like want you to try to uh, continue to work on to the the third turtle movie? No. After or Ninja was that Turks, something I went you, back to uh, Chicago. you were already working on something else? Uh, I think uh, I think the HUD Circuit Proxy was after that. I'm not sure what I did immediately following uh. Ninja Turtles. Oh, uh, I did. Uh, I was an office pro- production assistant on Billy Bathgate, which was another movie at the studio. Not really much to uh, to, um, to relay there because it was a lot of boxes, <laughs> uh. a lot of filing, you know. But hey, it's a job on a movie, huh? Right. Robert Benton, with me, Robert Benton. So I think I was. Am I thinking about the right movie? I get these things mixed up. So if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> Like uh, Dustin Hoffman or 
Uh, yeah, no, I never got to see any of those guys on set. It was all it was all office stuff and post production. Uh, okay. And then after that, it was uh, back to Chicago. Yeah. Right uh, on. So there, I did. You know, I did days on uh, Rookie of the Year and um, Miracle. John Hughes's uh, Baby Stay Out. It was on that. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, I remember that one. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. So I need to stop. Well, <laughs> 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 no, well, I mean, like for me, it, it. I remember that watching. You know, younger. So uh, I mean, it's cool for me. I don't know where my my uh, age group is as far as this yeah. show. But uh, yeah, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Cool. What's memorable about that is bringing the reindeer, actual reindeer, into the courtroom. But you know, I loved. Uh, being on set, you know, you get to see Richard Attenborough work, get to see John Hughes work, you know, um, grateful for that, you know, you see, yeah, man. learning for sure. Um, so, uh, kind of, kind of reeling it back into, uh, like the horror aspect of, uh, of your career. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that uh, through messaging, you had said something about that you worked on like the the set of uh, like Riddick and Mama. Well, what wow. I had done was um, I uh, realized that what I really loved to do was write about film. I mean, I was this is I just love to read and write about it. So, uh, and I and I'm obsessed with Star Wars, and so I got in with the crew with the guys at uh, theforce.net, and I was. Um, uh, contributing to the force.net for, uh, for a good while, like maybe three years, three or four years. And, and we all got together thinking like, we're going to start our own, we're going to do what we were doing for the prequels and apply it to other movies. And we started, uh, this website called film force. And, uh, it originally was basically kind of this offshoot of, uh, the force.net. And, uh, it was picked up by IGN, IGN, I think it was snowball at the time they, they financed it. And, uh, I did that for, um, for eight years and that was, you know, it was a great experience because I'm being a journalist writing about film and doing film criticism periodically, uh, was awesome. And it also, it, it afforded me this opportunity to go visit movie sets. So I, I was invited to visit certain productions, uh, and, you know, I mean, like incredible experience you know i just loved it I, I got to go to london for tomb raider um god what else did i do uh x-men x-men the last stand i believe i went to vancouver for that um uh and i also uh, was writing for um uh, a few years later after uh um ign um I started working for contributing to Diabolique magazine, which is a, a horror magazine that a friend of mine started, uh, Dima Ballon, and that was around 2013, 14, he's been doing it for a while. And while I was working for them, I, uh, I went and visited the set of uh, Riddick. Uh, got to do interviews there, uh, which really cool to see. They had some, they had some great stuff that we got to see them film. I just thought it was really cool. You know, mm -hmm. some of the props in that movie were just amazing. Uh, the Guillermo del Toro movie Mama got to got to watch them film some of that, which was really cool. Uh, it was nice. To, I mean, to get invited by them to to you know interview Del Toro was uh, certainly an opportunity. 
Um, yeah, how was that? Sounds pretty. Uh, cool. Yeah, I, I uh, it was. It was just you know, it's, it's fantastic. You you can talk with you know Del Toro just on, on a cinephile level. It's just like you can just go and go and go and just, you know, he just he's a fascinating guy, incredibly fascinating right. guy. It was, and and um, the machetes who made the film were also huge horror fans. So it was just, you know, the time we got, you know, got to spend with them, uh, talking about horror movies, entering them, you know, interviewing them about mama, seeing them work on the set was, was just, you know, very cool. Can't beat it. Uh, Superman returns. Wow. Yeah. That was another, did I say Superman returns? Uh, yeah, so that one did. got to visit the set of Superman returns in Australia. And that was for a couple days. And that was uh, an incredible experience. You know, I'm, grateful for that um interviewed uh you know the cast members got to see kevin spacey and the other guys work um you know just you know it's it's a different perspective you know looking at it looking at it from the outside coming to the set after um spending so many years working on a set you know and then i'm you know i'm always a fan which is why i you know did the force.net and and film force but uh coming you know working on a movie is more like being a construction worker and then you you come to the set as a journalist and it's just sort of a different perspective but that's kind of what it is like i i I really wanted to talk about like why people are doing certain you know making certain decisions and doing what they do and um and it's a learning experience for me you know like what makes the filmmakers tech you know what inspires them to, to get this off the ground and do what they do and um you sort of see i mean working on a movie can't really have those conversations. You gotta, um, you know, just do your job. So it's a different perspective, but you know, equally cool. Right. Um, I, I talk too much. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good, dude. Um, but man, uh, something, something that uh, I really want to know is, mm, uh, sure. um, you had mentioned that you had, uh, did some journalism for the two towers. Oh, uh, the two towers, right. You, you were breaking up a little there. I did the uh, press junket for the two towers in New York, which was just a great experience because as press, we got to see the movie for the first time with the cast and crew at uh, a screening in New York. And it was just a uh, really just super special, you know, like getting to see it. It wasn't really a premiere, but um, I mean, it was just something that uh, the journalists were invited to and then to to see it in that environment and then the next day be able to talk to, uh, you know, Peter Jackson and, uh, and the actors and Brad Dowriff and um, uh, Carl Urban and uh, uh, Elijah Wayne. Anyway, everybody was just, I mean, it was such a, they all knew it was like this, just this great movie. So we're all sort of like, damn, man, this is, this is something special here. And it was, uh, it was it was just really cool to be a part of that uh, that whole that whole press experience was uh, just very memorable, you know. I'd have to pick right. that as number one, like, you know, you know, really grateful to do. And you get all this time to uh, to talk with the actors, you know. Uh, very lucky to be afforded that, you know. So I, I hope that I got to share a lot of it at IGN, you know, some of the, the interviews we did. And Richard Taylor was very. Uh, forthcoming with a lot of cool stuff and i mean as was peter jackson it was um you know unforgettable right yeah I, i'm a huge fan of like the lord of the rings series that mm. that uh 
you know the the movies that Peter Jackson made. Yeah. Um, it, Marcus, I never asked for autographs, and I asked for his autograph, and to this day, I feel I, I regret it because I'm just like it's so unprofessional. Oh. <laughs> but I did anyway. Sorry, to interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you get it though? Oh yeah, he's totally cool. Uh, you're good. Did totally you get? Cool. I'm like, oh, now I'm a fan. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Shit, yeah. I I would have too probably. <laughs> but hey, we got his autograph. <laughs> well, um, he, it, you know, so when I grew up, I was yeah. young enough to where uh, Lord of the Rings was like, you know, the the cool thing for like a, a preteen to watch yeah but so then later on i discovered that he made some really badass horror movies back in like the early 90s oh, yeah. so making real. like De- dead alive um uh, i get the wrong bad films, taste right. yeah bad taste <laughs> and yeah oh he is way into the horror stuff man big horror fan yeah i i really want to see him go back to his horror roots just because at the time, man, those those uh, were pretty impressive um, movies, really. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Maybe he will. One hopes. It's cool, right? Yeah, I, I you know, pretty much anything that he puts out is is pretty good. But mm. I would really like to see him kind of, you know, with with bigger production. Um, you know, I'd like to see him maybe make make another stab at at the horror genre. Hadn't thought of it, but so would I. <laughs> right. Um. So, um, more, more reeling back, more to you. Um. <laughs> sorry. I mean, no, I'm sorry. We we, we kind of was like, hey, off. yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um. What what are what are some of your favorite horror movies, man? Do you have any favorites at all, or? Oh, uh, I can't, I don't know if I can think of anything beyond the standard of how I was completely just destroyed by the shining when I first saw it, man, that was crazy. And there wasn't anybody in the theater. I think about this like, damn, man, why wow. didn't anybody show up? Oh, it's crazy. Too scared. So good. So good. Um, maybe it was the pacing. I don't know. It just wasn't, uh, it wasn't well received, but man, I was fucking creeped out man that oh you know that that and the thing uh were really cool to see you know the thing and the and blade runner came out on the same day and i remember going to the theater and they were playing next to each other uh you know i think it was in lakehurst no no that was it was it was it was a theater north of uh in chicago north side and um Man, there really wasn't anybody there. <laughs> uh, but the thing, man, that just fucked my brain, man. It was so cool. You know, loved it. Oh, but for sure. I was very man. eager to see that on video when it uh, came out because I was just so admiring of uh, the tracking shots and the way that John Carpenter wouldn't cut away. You know, he'd, he'd explore the like the geography of the environment before before making something happen, which I was like, so cool. So, oh, yeah. And Rick Baker's effects, amazing. He has a uh, he's guested on a couple of podcasts where he's uh, discussed the making of the effects, which are pretty cool. He's on Joe Rogan's, and uh, I forget another. You, you can look for it on iTunes. But him going to town on talking about making those movies, very cool. Yeah. Amazing, 
Amazing. Yeah. Um, it, here's here's a question I like to ask a lot of people on the show. Mm. What is your favorite Universal monster or Universal monster film? Oh, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, hands down. That was some creepy sure. ass shit. That was fucking that. As a kid, that disturbed me. I could not think of much that was more scary than that. That really was that thing. Like even worse than Jaws. Like that thing coming to get you. Before Jaws came out, I was like, you know, okay, whatever. The creature from the Black Room Lagoon was very unsettling to me. And now I look back and think, like, man, this is some cool filmmaking. And I want to read that book that came out about it last year about the lady who designed the costume. It's on my list. I haven't read it yet. Right. Oh yeah. I, I did pick up the audiobook to it and I have yet to listen to it. Mm. But it's 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 very high on my list as far as like I'm not like a big uh novel reader, but, mm-hmm. but I'm really big into audiobooks. That reminds I can, you know, me while I'm working and whatnot. Oh that's a good idea. Wow, I, I hadn't uh, I hadn't thought that that's on audio. I could certainly save a lot about a lot of time on that if I got that. Thanks for the miter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for I hadn't sure. thought about that. Yeah. Uh, a plug for Amazon. Uh, what is it? Uh, Audible. Yeah. Um, yeah, they got it on uh, Amazon's Audible. Everyone check mm-hmm. it out. Yeah, man, creature. I, you know, it reminds me. I wonder. That's got to be on Blu-ray. They have to have had put that on Blu-ray. I remember locally in Boston, they've they've shown it a few times in 3D. It's a little a little bit straining on the eyes. I mean, it's like primitive 3D, but you know, cool. Cool to see that in yeah. the theater. For sure, for sure. Hopefully you guys get some good rep screenings out there. You know, monster movies, one hopes. The Coolidge near where I live here has just got their after midnight uh, uh, programming while it was going, uh, you know, terrific and hopefully back soon. They still haven't opened yet, reopened. Yeah. Yeah, we got something here. Uh, My friend puts it on uh, once a month. Uh, He hosts like a, a horror movie night at uh at one of our local bars and they'll stream oh, nice. uh you know just whatever the theme is for a horror movie <laughs> that happens to be that month uh cool it's it's yeah it's it's pretty cool and those events are always free so it's 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 a good it's a good time cool you know marcus that just reminds me out. i i didn't always it hadn't really specifically thought of little monsters as a horror movie but i I wasn't aware of the term as much as I've read about film. I did not know about the term gateway horror until recently. You know, the, the horror movie that the, the, like the semi horror movie that a kid sees that gets them interested in, you know, the horror genre. And I didn't know that little monsters was on that list. So I get in a way that's kind of like, you know, cool. And I hope that uh, little monsters get some play in October. You know, I hope that uh, I'd love to see a rep house, bring it back or, or somebody program it. Um, I remember some time ago, uh, it, was, it was like six or seven years ago, Mark Anastasio with the Coolidge said that there were two 35 millimeter prints that might exist, which would be totally cool if somebody wants to rack one of those things up and project it whenever a theater opens. <laughs> I just, right. I just like the idea of little monsters being part of the, uh, the Halloween thing. That would be cool. You know? Right. Oh Can't yeah, for sure. Totally that would be awesome. <laughs> Well, that would be kind of a cool uh, double feature with, like, Monster Squad or something. Yeah. Yeah. It would be. It would be. Oh, that reminds me of the uh, beheading scene in Little Monsters. That was, that was different. Uh, in the script, 
what happens is uh, Snick pulls Arnold's head off and he uses it as a basketball, bouncing it all, yeah. around, spinning it on his finger. <laughs> and then um, instead of putting the head, his head in the basket and having it uh, pulled away in the script, I don't think we had filmed it this way, but in the script, Snick puts Arnold's head back on and sort of adjusts it, you know, and Arnold keeps on spinning and wobbling around and walking off just like out of balance. That's the way it originally was. So hmm. entirely kind of different in the movie, but still cool. thought the kid did a great job. Right. Mm. Uh, one other thing. Um, how how did you guys film the scenes where uh, Maurice would shrink whenever he would see like light or daylight? Um, well, we, the sets for the bedrooms were built very high above the stage floor, like six or eight feet or something like that. So the puppeteers could work beneath it. And the scene where Howie is exposed to the daylight and he shrinks slowly was they had cut a opening in the floor, uh, not just for Howie, but I think maybe just, you know, for the puppeteers too. And, uh, Howie was, the camera crew was under they, they we had another camera crew I, i'm saying camera crew in the sense that uh what they were using down there was a chapman dolly and how he was standing on the neck of the dolly and by doing that the grip could control the speed which which the um how he is lowered into the ground as if he you know was like lowering a camera but in this case it's just howie so that's basically what's happening in that melting scene is the grip is bringing down the crane and how he's standing with his feet on top of the crane, slowly going into the floor. That's how they did that. Wow, that's good awesome. Old, good old Chapman Dolly. <laughs> Some, I'd love to hear about the uh, the, movie, the movie magic. That yeah, yeah, they had some pretty good setups in the bedroom there. They, uh, Rob Short, Robert Short, and his crew bought brought his uh, his eyes to the set, and they did the prosthetic prosthetic popping of the eyes out of his head. And that was kind of like a marionette device, which was pretty cool. Um, they had the scene where uh, Maurice uh, pulls Brian's pants down in front of the girl who's sitting on the stairs. And they brought in these extended arms. Like, you know, Maurice is basically filmed from the side where you cut off from what's back there. And they, you know, slide the hands mm-hmm. through. It's all, all practical effects, you know. And it's pretty cool. The puppeteers yeah. were... Uh, you know, cool to see those guys work. Right on, right on. Is there uh, anything like uh, new that you're working on, or are you just kind of <laughs> sitting back? No, I, I, for the longest time, I've been telling people I've been working on uh, a book, and I'm and I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to, you know, collect interviews and quotes and and things like that. But that's that's basically it. You know, with the pandemic, I uh, I basically right. been uh, been doing that. You know, but the funny thing is, is that like. I focus so much on film and doing stuff about film that that's actually what's led to me getting paid and to doing stuff. So, um, you know, even though I'm doing this like personal thing right now with trying to do book stuff and, and write more criticism, you know, I'd, I'd like to get back to that. I, I love doing stuff with the film critics and, uh, and, uh, I, I got to get back to publishing more pieces. So I'm trying to, you know, get back on that. Uh, it's been a lot of that, you know, that kind of writing stuff, but, but it's just the thing that I find endlessly fascinating. So I do it regardless if I get paid, you know, you know? Right. I mean, I, I have another uh, web page that I do or Instagram page for, uh, 
um, the Bad News Bears at uh, North Valley League on Instagram. And uh, that's cool to do, you know, collecting information on that film. And uh, I'm a big fan of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. <laughs> so yeah. endlessly finding out more stuff about that. <laughs> well, nice, nice. Yeah, hey, man, it's what a cinephile does, right? You just keep on going. Right. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Well, hey, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on here. Um, yeah, anytime. I hope I'm I answered your questions. The end. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I, I, uh, you know, like, like I said, I liked, uh, um, you know, Teenage Ninja Turtle movies and like Rookie of the Year, Little Monsters. Um, cool. You know, I've, I've always uh, loved those movies. So it's, it's really cool to, to have you on here and, and, uh, you know, give, give me some more insight on it and oh, yeah, hopefully, happy to. Uh, everybody happy that to. listens. You know, if anybody has any questions, uh, check out my uh, page on Instagram. It's instagram.com slash cinema nitrate. And uh, I'll be posting stuff uh, about little monsters and uh, Ninja Turtles and other films and, you know, just general cinema stuff, you know, love of movies. So uh, hopefully, you know, I, I get concerned that if I post too much stuff about one movie, like in this case, over the past couple of weeks, Little Monsters, that... My regular followers or followers will be sick of it. They're like, Jesus, Steve, cut that out. You know. <laughs> but hey, man, if people want to find out about little monsters, hey, totally cool by me. You know, I'll I'll try to answer your questions. Uh, Cinema sure. Nitrate. All right, I I'll uh, definitely uh, plug in your uh, your Instagram and and whatever else where you want people to find you. And uh, start following you, ask you questions if they have any. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I, I can't promise I can come up with answers, but I can try. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I th- always thought sort of needs some clearing up that I didn't know. Uh, people had certain assumptions about the movie, but uh, hey, I'm happy to answer questions. All right, man. Hey, well, Steve, thank you yeah. so much for being on the show. I, I yeah, really anytime. appreciate you coming on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, that wraps up the episode with Steve Head. Um, I just want to say a big thanks to Steve for uh, coming on the show and talking about Little Monsters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Rookie of the Year. I had a blast, and uh, it's really cool to um, talk about some of my childhood films that I uh, watched growing up when I was a kid. And uh, just a lot of fun. It, it brought back a lot of memories of... Uh, some of those movies, like I haven't seen uh, Turtles 2 and Rookie of the Year. <laughs> like, it's been years. So it, it's cool to uh, kind of go back to those films and, and talk about some behind-the-scenes stuff on those films. And uh, Steve's a pretty knowledgeable dude when it comes to, to films. So uh, it was uh, a, a uh, awesome time to have him on. And... Uh, you know, talk about movies and, uh, you know, then we dived into some horror films. It's it cool to uh, talk about those as well. So big thank you to Steve Head for coming to the show. If you're listening, thank you so much, man. Uh, as far as uh, future stuff goes, October is a big month for me. Um, on October 17th is the one-year anniversary of uh, the Root Horror Podcast. Uh, publishing its first episode 
So, uh, which will be next Saturday from uh, the day of this recording. So I'm going to do a little uh, special and I'm going to release a, a, uh, a bonus episode uh, on October 17th. And uh, I might have my wife on. My, my kid might be in the background. So I uh, apologize if she's really noisy. We'll see how it goes. But uh, it should be a lot of fun. We'll talk about uh, the past year and then uh, the future of the Root Org podcast and just, I guess, whatever else. It's going to be a bonus episode. So you can always opt out and not listen to that one. But uh, I don't know. I, I thought it would be a fun idea to do. And um, I'm also going to have a another bonus episode. I'll be talking to director David Mankey, um, who uh, is behind Dark Shade Films. And he'll be on the show to talk about his upcoming film, Dark October. So how fitting is it to have him on the show in October? <laughs> um, that, that'll be uh, recorded soon with him and then released uh, sometime soon in October. So uh, make sure to uh, tune in for that one. And then also I'll be kicking into my normal um, solo episodes coming up. My first uh, solo episode of October is going to be Phantasm from 1979. Who can forget the iconic The Tall Man? So, uh, uh, you know, get ready for that one as well. Um, That movie is playing free on Tubi, so there's no excuse not to watch it. (laughs) And uh, in my opinion, I think it's a really good... uh, October Halloween season film. So uh, make sure to check out that one, guys. If you haven't seen Phantasm, uh, I'll be talking about that one shortly on the show as well. And, uh, you know, I've already named off the other ones, but uh, I'm just going to leave it at at that for now and just uh, stay tuned, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at root horror podcast on instagram and facebook i'm also on twitter at root horror pod or the old-fashioned way email me at root at gmail.com and uh if you guys like like the show um you can uh support the show with by a uh small monthly um uh support uh, per se, where you can uh, donate as, as little as like a dollar, two dollars a month, and uh, and become a supporter, and uh, you know, that that just helps the show out tremendously, and uh, it helps create more content. Uh, you know, try to get uh, guests on the show, and uh, just better equipment. I know, like my my camera is not the greatest for doing the videos, so. Uh, any money towards that would be awesome. So if you'd like to donate, you know, whatever amount that, that you can, or if you can't, that's fine too. Uh, just, you know, I just, I hope you guys are enjoying the content and uh, that's all I can ask for really. But, uh, you know, just leave it up to you. I just want to throw that out there as an option. Uh, it's, it's totally an option. Uh, I was toying around with the idea of doing a Patreon I'm doing like a separate thing instead of uh, through Anchor, but um, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll 
I'm going to leave that for a, a future um, endeavor because I, I don't know what I want to do at, at this point when it comes to that type of thing. But, um, yeah, guys, uh, October's finally here. I'm glad that uh, <laughs> the Halloween season will be socially accepted uh, from all over the place instead of the few of us that celebrate Halloween like every day of the year. So it'd be, it's awesome to see everyone uh, – um, decorate their yards, you know, see a lot of uh, jack-o'-lanterns and, uh, you know, skeleton props, scarecrows, all that fun stuff. So definitely love this time of year. Uh, I know I'm rambling off a little here, but uh, yeah, guys, you know, just follow me on social media, all that fun stuff. And uh, like Steve said, you can follow him on Instagram at Cinema Nitrate. And uh, follow him. He's always posting uh, stuff about behind the scenes of Little Monsters and, and all the other films he's worked on. So very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Go follow him and uh, ask him questions if you have your own questions. Uh, just want to say thank you to uh, Pit Lord for providing the intro to this song and Evil Dead Beats for providing uh, beats whenever I... Think I need to throw them in, but uh, nonetheless, he's awesome. Um, and I never really say this, but uh, when I plug in Wake Brewing, uh, I might need to start saying like, you know, drink responsible. Have a DD if you if you do go out to the bars, make sure you have a DD. Don't ever drink and drive. It's it's a terrible thing, and you don't want to pay all that money if you get caught. And plus, you're putting other people's lives at risk. So, uh, just drink responsibly, guys. But, uh, you know, Wake Brewing, they are a brewery in Rock Island, Illinois. Phenomenal, phenomenal place to drink beer. And uh, they always are coming up with awesome beer ideas and uh, different recipes all the time. So, and they also hand can each can there at the brewery for the cans to go. So, uh, check it out, guys. I, I can't emphasize it enough to... To say if you're ever in the Quad Cities, check them out. And uh, you can go to the website for more info at wakebrewing.com. Um, I think that's that's all the plugs I'm going to do for today just because this month is going to be so jam-packed, full of episodes. So, uh, you know, I'll plug things as I go along throughout the, uh, throughout the October Halloween season. So uh, thank you guys so much. And stay tuned for the next one.